From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. We're just basically sitting around. I try to drink 10 beers in an hour, get annihilated, curse a lot. Good Lord, Cofield. You have eaten your share of hot dogs in your life. Have you not? I'm an American. I don't want to be muzzled. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Cofield and Company on a Wednesday. It's Cofield. It's Adam Candy. Ari's in our Finley Toyota Studios trending at 2. First of all, Candy, haven't talked to you in a while. Big day today as we've got uh, VGK Hockey to talk about. Big game tonight. Lots of games around the NHL are big games. And we've got the schedule release. We've got the schedule release. So let's set the stage for the Golden Knights game tonight. They should be in a position to be sailing very smoothly, but not good. Not good. The game against the Avs was an El Floppo, and it wasn't all just the players who should be called on the carpet. It was the first game, Cofield, in 11 years in the NHL in which a team played with only 15 skaters. And the reason that happened was because of the Golden Knights cap situation to where where you have guys get hurt in the previous game the way they did. They don't have cap room to bring anybody else up. They just didn't have any space. And so now, because of the situation the front office created by bumping them up against the cap, by keeping Marc-Andre Fleury, which, again, has proven to be a big deal this year, by signing Alex Petrangelo, which, let's be honest, has been a mixed bag for most of this year compared to the performance that Nate Schmidt gave them when on the ice, now they lost control of their own destiny. They could have won the President's Trophy. They could have had home ice through the entire playoffs. And yet now, because they lost to the Colorado Avalanche with only 15 skaters, Now they need help. They need the Los Angeles Kings to win one of the final two games against the Avalanche. That's not likely. And they got to take care of business against the Sharks. And so the Golden Knights could go from having easy street all the way to the finals and through the finals to getting the number two seed and having to play their nemesis, the Minnesota Wild, in the first round. What do you think the Sharks give them tonight? Sharks give them what the Sharks have given all season long, which is kind of meh. Uh, the Sharks don't have enough talent to really give them a serious run. And I was reading some of uh, our old friend Sheng Pang's coverage from up in San Jose, talking to Eric Carlson, saying, well, do you regret signing that big contract a couple of years ago? Remember, of course, the VGK wanted Eric Carlson before he re-signed in San Jose. And he was like, yeah, you know, we're kind of on to next year already. Like, we're, you know, some things went on around here that people don't necessarily know about and so on, so on. So mentally, this team's already checked out. Uh, I think VGK should be in fine shape tonight. All right, so the Golden Knights pushed it to the edge and set themselves up for potential failure on Monday night with the salary cap maneuvering. That's not smart, but I'll give you stupid. Stupid is what's going on right now with the San Diego Padres. They're playing in a doubleheader today. They had a delay in the first game. It's a 1-1 now in the fifth. You got to tell the audience about the Padres in this COVID situation. I, I'm sorry, I don't. I have almost no more patience for this stuff. I don't get what's going on. Here's the short, and you can fill in what you think about it. Fernando Tatis Jr. pops positive for COVID-19 yesterday. Then they have to pull Jerickson Profar and Jorge Mateo for contact tracing. Okay, that's before the game. Padres still have to play. Looks like it's something that might be able to be, you know, uh, quarantined, maintained, whatever the case might be. Okay, great. Middle of the game, Will Myers disappears. 
Will Myers, where have you gone? Will Myers apparently tested positive before the game and they got the result back and had to pull my pull Myers in the middle of the game. And that also meant that Eric Hosmer, the first baseman, ended up out for contact tracing. So you've got five guys on a 26 man roster who got popped sometime either right before the game or during the game for the health and safety protocols. And here are the Padres supposed to come out and play a doubleheader today. A doubleheader, 14 innings. Just absurd. Are you comfy going on a get the vaccine rant? You seem pretty well set up for it here, man. Like you, you, you I'm just, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. We talked about the Lakers last week. Do you, you want to compete and play your sport or do you want to take the team down? Get the vaccine. This is stupid. The Padres have not gotten off to a great start. The expectations are they're going to compete with the Dodgers for the division. The expectations are they may be the second best team in baseball. All right, well, good luck because this, who knows what this turns into now. Is this going to turn into the Baltimore Ravens during the football season where you're dealing with like two plus weeks of nonsense with COVID? I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't get it. You know, again, we keep telling everyone, you do what you want, but when it affects your workplace, well, then you pay the consequences. You pay the consequences. So we saw the news yesterday. Major League Baseball is behind the A's, starting to look around the country for a new home, putting pressure on the city of Oakland to get some sort of deal done. They've been in a holding pattern for a while. Give me your take on what baseball did yesterday. Is this a final straw, or is this thing going to be worked out? Is this just the way the game is played when you're trying to get funding for a new stadium? I think you got to see the reporting that happened today to really understand what's going on up there in which Alex Coffey reported that the A's have had this offer on the table for Major League Baseball to turn the screws on the city of Oakland for a long time. This has been something that Rob Manfred's office offered from the time they were still on the Laney College project, which of course is long since gone. Now they're on the Howard Terminal project, but they're still trying to get through all of the necessary clearances, which they're nowhere close to at the moment. And so the A's finally decided to pull for the red switch and go for Robbie Manfred. Go for Robbie saying, you know what? We don't like this. We don't like that you're not playing ball with our A's. So we're going to tell the A's to go look elsewhere. Oh, we definitely want to still be in Oakland. Of course, we still want to be in Oakland. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, you're you're in a relationship uh, and, and you tell your girlfriend well, you know, I mean, this is this is good, and I, I'm definitely working on it. Um, but hey, I, I think I'm probably going to download Tinder and and just see what's there. Like, <laughs> just imagine <laughs> what your girlfriend might say about that if you uh, if you gave it a go. And so, yeah, here we are with the A's. Do I believe it? No, not for a second yet, it, because we've seen Major League Baseball play this game with Las Vegas for such a long time. They did it with the Expos before they went to Washington. They screwed around with us for years on that one. Why should we believe when we're talking about 2025 that Major League Baseball is any more serious right now than they were then? On the way back, let's get to the uh, leaks on NFL schedule release day. We do know who the Raiders are playing in week one on Monday Night Football, and that city's fans are already talking trash. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Now. Back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Big, big day. Big, big day. NFL releases its schedule May 12th, and people go friggin' crazy. Candy, you're an old man like I am. 
you don't remember in the old days when they released the schedule, it would be a blip and really no one would care. Now it has become like a national holiday. For some, yeah, for some. It's a whole uh, whole day on social media of leaks. My God, how are people getting this information? How are people accessing this hours early? It's really brilliant, actually, on the part of the NFL. They get an entire day where they get to coat social media. They just get to paint over the entire thing with the National Football League in the middle of May. And really, in the end, what is this day? This is gambler's paradise, right? Because this is when you finally can look at the win totals that the sports books have been posting. And you can look at it and say, oh, now I have some idea how the schedule is going to shape up. So do I know whether they're going to play crappy opponents in back-to-back weeks? Do they get a short week at some point before they go play a hard team? That sort of thing. That's, right. the, that's, that's the real crux of this. So we know for sure, because week one was released on uh, all the TV partners this morning, we know for sure that Monday Night Football will be a standalone. I'm right on that, right? Just one Monday Night Football game, and it'll be right here in Las Vegas. We got completely jobs, screwed, mistreated by COVID, and we didn't get what we were supposed to get, a grand opening of our stadium with NFL football in there with fans. We had NFL football, but not with fans. So good Monday night matchup, not an easy Monday night matchup. Very cool. Ravens, the Ravens, will be in town on September 13th. That's a hell of a way to start things, and of course there'll be some preseason action as well. We'll tell you what the expected game is there to be the first game that fans will be at, but it should be a freaking raucous atmosphere with, uh, I think Baltimore will travel well, and I think Baltimore will be paying through the nose to get the tickets. The tickets, Candy, my God, this year are going to be through the roof, but yeah, Baltimore fans should be descending upon Vegas, Ravens, Monday Night Football opener, Raiders. They better be. That's how this whole stadium was conceived with getting about half the fans (laughs) staying in hotels, coming from out of town building up the Las Vegas tourist base, and we are more than happy to welcome them. But for the Raiders fans here in town, congrats, man, because last year was just an enormous bummer from the sports perspective, right? Like, you put the Raiders into that brand-new stadium, and no matter what you think of how the stadium got here, you want to at least enjoy the thing now that it is. And they didn't have that opportunity, and it's terrible. It's terrible. Steve, from a football perspective... Man, we're going to get a real good look at Gus Bradley right in week <laughs> right one, aren't we? We are bringing in one of the most unique offenses in the NFL with one of the most unique weapons in all of football in Lamar Jackson. And we'll find out real quick what this new Raiders defense is going to look like. Let's go. Bring it. Bring it. I love Lamar Jackson coming to town. I love Ravens fans already talking trash. We'll get into some of the trash talk a little later in the show so yeah monday night football we get it right here in las vegas the coolest city in the nfl the coolest city in all of major league sports so we get to put on a gigantic show in front of the national audience with that monday night football tilt did you see the line out because i saw uh one book early in the day release numbers and i saw baltimore six six and a half and then i see superbook usa have uh their say and they put the numbers out and i swear it was baltimore three and a half hmm Quite interesting, considering what we usually think about the hometown team here and what lines look like when they involve the Raiders. Uh, just first blush, feel like feel like catching six at home, a little generous on an opener. Yeah. 
Is that what happened? Have we seen enough action that the number got dropped, or is the no, 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 no? I'm asking you. In ge- no, I'm I'm asking. Oh, six you, and no, six and six and a half. You, Steve Cofield. Yeah. You, Steve Cofield, odds maker. Yeah, I, I I'm saying to you that the Raiders catching six at home in Week One to a team that can't pass. Yeah, way too rich, way too rich. I'm also seeing fours out there. Um, you know, I also think I think you were just suggesting too with the hometown team. I think you have to be real careful about. The numbers you post here, first season with the Raiders, and until the Raiders show that they're not good, and I don't know that they're ever going to show that, but unless we get signs that the Raiders are going to be dreadful again on defense, yeah, six, six and a half is way too much, and I think local books would get annihilated on that. That's the point, right? Like, you offer that many points here locally, and I think you're going to see that snapped up in a heartbeat. So three and a half, actually, I think is a very fair line uh, for that game because... You could easily see people getting high on the Ravens and saying, "Oh yeah, well, they, can, they can cover that." And you know, I think there are probably some sharp folks out there who are going to look at a home dog catching three and a half, and we don't really know anything about these teams, and think that's pretty good value. So, uh, lots of leaks out there, and the official schedules come out after five o'clock. Uh, there's a few teams we've seen the leak for the entire schedule. Uh, do I have this one right? That uh, it looks like there's only are there only two London games this year. Accurate information, of course, the Jaguars, because, of course, the Jaguars and the Falcons. I thought that was an interesting team, considering they didn't open a stadium all that long ago and Arthur Blank's going over to London. Jets, Falcons, week five. Dolphins, Jaguars, week six. Why only two games? Well, I think there are a lot of reasons for only two games this year, Steve. And I think if you look at at what we need to do, Remember from last season before we look at this season and all of the shuffling and all of the moves that have to happen. Yep. If we end up in another COVID situation, whether it's here or in the UK, you don't want to have to deal with messing up, messing around with those. Come October, will we be allowed as Americans to go to the UK? Uh, I don't have my Fauci <laughs> right. hat here today to put on, but I'd you really like saying? to hope so. <laughs> I think after the way exactly. we dealt with COVID, I think much of the world is very leery of Americans coming into their country. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there are a lot of questions about how all four professional sports leagues have handled their business. So, yeah. yeah Baseball is a mess right now. We were talking about the Padres to open the show, that they have a bunch of positive tests. And, you know, the Yankees also have six positives and I think one more contact. So the Yankees are a mess with COVID. Uh, some of the other leaks out there, Candy, in terms of uh, what's going on, for the Raiders schedule, it looks like, according to Adam Hill, he's been tracking this all day long. He's got six games set, um, you know, 90%, 95%. Uh, this is from different sources around the country. Uh, Broncos will be in here the day after Christmas. We're going to talk to Nick Ferguson, who played for the Broncos and does radio in Denver in about eight minutes, and we'll get his take on uh, that game. The, uh, the trip to Denver for the Raiders appears to be October 17th. Uh, other games that it looks like they've leaked. Uh, you got so you got the Ravens on Monday Night Football, October tenth. Bears are here. That'll be a hell of a crowd in town, and that's it's a good time of year for Chicago folks to come in. Uh, Eagles traveling cross country to come to Vegas on October twenty fourth. Uh, on the road, the Raiders head out to your Giants. Are you excited about that one on November seventh? I want to be excited, but I have no idea what this Giants team is going to be. So. Who knows? By then, I might be rooting for the Raiders full on because we could be into another Giants tank by then. And Thanksgiving football for the Raiders at the Cowboys. Thanksgiving on the road 
at the Cowboys. So there's a snippet of the schedule from sources around the country. We'll find out if all of that is official. We know the Ravens for sure on Monday Night Football is going down. Uh, Broncos should be here on October 17th and December 26th. We'll get into the Broncos a little bit. Not a, a lot of news items around Denver and a guy who played for the team. Nick Ferguson is up next on Cofield and Company. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. So it's Cofield and Company here on a Wednesday. We are straddling the release of the NFL schedule. It comes out at 5 o'clock, so we go until 6. Uh, Nick Ferguson, who does radio in Denver and played for the Broncos and all around the NFL. His show is on right after, so I'm sure his show is going to be all about the schedule release. So we think we know that the Broncos are going to be here the day after Christmas on December 26th, and we're inviting in former players and media folks from all these markets who are going to be coming in to Vegas. And, you know, Denver was here last year. So let's get the take from Nick Ferguson on the uh, early leaks on the schedule and also all the stories around the Broncos. Nick, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. You fired up today? Is this a big deal for you? Or, uh, you know, hey, I played in the NFL, not a big deal. Well, uh, that's just it. Because I played is is not uh, as big of a deal as everyone is making it out to be. But this is the NFL that we're talking about. They make free agency big, the draft big. And by moving the draft around from city to city, I mean, it has definitely changed how we've seen or view the draft. But this is just another by the NFL to make the league so much better than any other league. So I'm excited to see what the schedule looks like, but I'm, I'm not kind of in this nervousness, excitement like it's the day before Christmas. <laughs> well, you have to understand, for Vegas, this is a big deal. We got cheated out of opening that stadium with fans and then getting all that money from tourists coming in. And I, I anticipate Broncos fans every year that they have to come to Vegas traveling really well. So this is to find out, you know, when all these teams are coming here for our economy is a massive deal. Well, you know what? I can understand that. And for, you know, fans after not being able to travel and sit in a stadium, uh, I can understand that their level of excitement. And as a guy that played in the old Oakland Coliseum, I've had a chance to kind of see this, I guess, Death Star type of stadium that the Raiders have put together. So I'm, I'm excited about to see, you know, what would happen when these two teams, you know, get together at that particular point. But, The schedule coming out, that's what it does. It allows fans who want to travel an opportunity to to look at their schedule and see what fits for them. But more importantly for the current players, just like I did when I played, the first thing you circle is those cold weather games. And you guys are in Vegas, so we don't have to worry about the cold, frigid weather of Green Bay. That's what I was really curious from your perspective, Nick, is when players see the schedule, you know, we hear – Every coach, every player we talk to says one game at a time, one week at a time. We're not looking ahead. But when you first see that schedule, whenever it comes out, do you ever look at it and say, oh, man, how do we, you know, we got a short week here. Or we got to play this game in the middle of winter or anything like that affect you guys? Oh, a- absolutely. Like I said, the first thing you start off with is you look for the cold weather game, right? So you, you, you take the schedule and you go all the way down to the bottom and you look at November and December. So you want to make sure you avoid Cleveland, Green Bay, and Buffalo, right? Now, 
well, once you get those out of the way, now you're looking for your nationally televised games. Uh, how many games you have on Monday night football or Sunday night football. The next thing that you do, you look for those short weeks, that Thursday night game. Who are you playing the week before, and then who are you playing on that Thursday night? Because that would give you an opportunity to determine, okay, well, how do I have to prepare my body? If I know it's going to be a physical game that Monday night, and then I'm playing against a team that maybe they're not that physical, then I know that it would be an easier week for me to prepare to get my body right. So that's usually how the stages, uh, as far as how I would look at it, when I was coaching with the 49ers, the, the one thing I was looking for at that time was, are we playing any games close to my home state of Florida to see if my family could come to the games? But it's different for each person. How difficult are those short weeks with those Thursday games? It's because we always look at it, and I've read so many stories where players talk about. Yeah, go ahead. No, it is uh, you know really difficult. It's, it's more difficult on the, the coaches as far as the preparation. I know that sounds strange. The players is definitely difficult for them. You're not in your basic routine of how you prepare during the week, trying to get your body ready for that next game, especially. If you're a guy that's nicked up that Sunday, what's your level of recovery time? And it may not be that great. And this is why some of the Thursday night games were not that great over the past couple of years because the home team has more time to prepare. The away team, you lose a couple of days of preparation and healing time. So a lot of coaches like to go into those games with the same type of, you know, vanilla type of offense or defense sort of like a preseason game, and that's why most of those Thursday night games until last season looked just like that, preseason games. Nick Ferguson played for the Broncos, played for a bunch of teams around the National Football League. Now he does radio in Denver. Uh, are we going to be calling you on whatever, June 2nd, 3rd, 4th? June 1st is a really important day. Are we going to be calling you talking about a new quarterback, Aaron Rodgers in Denver? <laughs> well, I tell you what, I hope that you guys uh, are. Um, I mean, we have a quarterback in Drew Locke who is still trying to learn how to play the position. The acquisition of Teddy Bridgewater I thought was a smart pickup because his familiarity with George Payton and Pat Shermer. But any time that a guy like Aaron Rodgers is out there, you have to kick the tires on it, see if, it's, if there's a possibility. And based on everything that I've heard, it looks more like there's a chance that this is going to happen because the Broncos have the money. Aaron Rodgers is dug in as far as not wanting to go back. And then also, this is one of the destinations that he mentioned. Now, he mentioned, you know, the Raiders too, but you guys really don't need him. Let's be totally honest. You already have two quarterbacks. So allow us to, you know, make our quarterback room that much better because you guys are already good with the two guys you have. Well, there are a lot of Raiders fans, Nick, who don't necessarily agree with you. Derek Carr is good, but Aaron Rodgers is great and an all-timer. <laughs> how, how do you – how could the – I think the, the biggest thing of interest is if you're putting together a trade package, how could the Raiders beat out the Broncos? The Broncos seem to have a lot more uh, young guys, and especially on defense if that's what the Packers wanted. Uh, I would think that Carr would either have to go in the trade uh, for Aaron Rodgers to the Packers or go somewhere else. So – how do you think the Raiders could actually beat out the Broncos? How are the Raiders a threat on the uh, trade market? Well, the, the only way that they would be is they were willing to fork over some of the marquee talent. 
Now, I would say, I mean, you guys have Kenyon Drake there. Would John Gruden and Mike Mayock be willing to give up Josh Jacobs? Maybe, maybe not. So if you want a package bigger than the Broncos, because first of all, we're starting out with two first-rounders off the top if if you're trying to get Aaron Rodgers. Now, it's two first-rounders. You throw in Josh Jacobs, and if you want to throw in a third and a second, uh, another first round and a second rounder, maybe that may be enough to leapfrog the Denver Broncos. But other than that, I I really don't see it happening. Now, I I could be wrong. Mike Mayock could say, you know what? Uh, we have two quarterbacks. Uh, which one we love more, Mariota or Derek Carr? So we would give you two first-rounders, a second-rounder, you know, Derek Carr, and we would throw in Josh Jacobs. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that they are, you know, that suicidal to make a move like that. So with that being said, hey, get ready for uh, Aaron Rodgers to be in the Denver Broncos uniform. Uh-oh, talking trash. Uh, Nick Ferguson's with his former Bronco. Uh, Broncos are expected to be uh, hosting the Las Vegas Raiders and some of these league schedules on October 17th, and the Broncos are here the day after Christmas. Uh, I'll throw this one at you to close. Uh, over-under win totals are up around the country. Uh, speculation that Rodgers is coming to Denver actually ticked the Roger, the uh, Broncos up a little bit. They're 8.5, over-under 8.5, so now we've got 17 games. Are you so confident that Rodgers is coming that you'll bet right now that the Broncos will be above 500? Yes, I, I will. A- a- absolutely. Even if Rodgers does not come, I still believe with Teddy Bridgewater as your starting quarterback, the Broncos will be over 500. And, you know, Broncos fans love that based over the past two seasons that they've had to endure under Vic Fangio with Joe Flacco starting off and then it was Drew Locke. So, at this point, this stage in the game, we'll take, you know, above 500 or even at 500. And once again, you know this just as well as I know I know this. In the NFL, we can talk about quarterback play all we want to. But if you can run the ball and you can play great defense, you're always going to have an opportunity to win ball games at the end of the day. And based on what the Broncos have done thus far, they're putting themselves right in that window where they're going to have a great defense and they're going to be able – to play a four-minute offense and keep the ball away with the running back, Javante Williams. Nick, great spot, man. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. There he is. Nick Ferguson played in the National Football League. Uh, came up the hard way, man. He had to fight his way into the league through Canada, but wound up playing with the, uh, the Bears and the Bills and the Jets and the Broncos and the Texans, and now he's doing radio in Denver, so he gives us a – couple of minutes there on uh, that part of the schedule. The official schedule release is coming out after 5 o'clock. It looks like the Raiders may be headed on the road for Week 2 after that Monday night football game against the Ravens. Week 2 could be at the Steelers. The uh, The Chiefs game is of interest, so we'll get you more and more details as they roll out here on the schedule. But up next, our friend Mark McMillan is going to check in, and he's got a broadcaster and former Eagle and former Steeler Barrett Brooks on the horn, and we're going to lean on Barrett, who played offensive line, to Give us his take on Alex Leatherwood and what the Raiders did with the 17th pick in the draft. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. The Mark McMillan Show on ESPN Las Vegas, brought to you by Weed Sellers. For the best in wine, bourbon, and beer, it's WeedSellers.com. ESPN Las Vegas, Mark McMillan in for his weekly spot, and he always brings a, a buddy along to talk some football. And today we got Barrett Brooks, who played in the NFL for 
God dang, you played forever, man. You, I, I feel like you just left the NFL. Man, 12 <laughs> years, man. I, I played way too long. If I'd have known what I know, I'd have cut that thing a little short. But you know, I got to listen to my kids. No, Dad, I want you to play. No. And I played a little bit longer than I was supposed to. So I enjoyed it, though. That's my man, Barry Brooks, man. I uh, appreciate you being on, man. I always like to get my Philly guys on. Right, People right. I'm a little biased on the radio show. I'm on the <laughs> West Coast. But, man, Philly is Philly is it, man. And, you know, we had a uh, – you know, we continue to have a really good brotherhood of guys just knowing how tough it is, man, to play in the Philadelphia Eagles market. Uh, just right. Just in Philadelphia alone. And, you know, you come along as, as a young, young guy, young pup. You know, everybody's looking at the draft, and we're like – Kansas State, right? Right. We're like, okay, let's let's see, let's see what the young buck got. You know, you came in, you were humble. Uh, you know, you you came in, man, and uh, you know, I just liked your energy. And you know, day you, one, yeah, you're Hooray, real personable. You're real personable. Explain to us, man, what was it like on draft day? Uh, hearing your name being called to the Eagles. Well, you know, I was actually like ranked the top. I was ranked the top four offensive linemen um, that year in the draft. But my draft was kind of quirky because that year. Like twelve guys got you know got tested positive for for uh, for weed, you know they were actually smoking in the combine. My draft, them guys didn't care. You know I had sapping all those guys. You know yeah. Patrick. I mean they just they did what they wanted to do. So it kind of messed the draft up because guys were just doing what they wanted to do. So I um, I got a call. You know I was supposed to go late first, early second. You know and I ended up going in the second round. But it was one of those things where I got drafted, but I you know I got a call from Kansas City at the time. They're like, hey, we're about to pick you up. I'm about to pick you up in the first round. We have to pick you up. But at the last minute, you know, the, the, the you know, they said, "Well, we're gonna go in a different direction." We got Trezell Jenkins, who was a junior who uh, who um, got drafted in the first round because they negotiated a contract that was yep. very, very, very <laughs> um, team friendly. You know, yeah. he, in fact, I made more than he made his 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 rookie year, and I was a second rounder. But you know, long story long, you know, they should have went with the you know that product, the proven product, because I ended up playing, like I said, twelve years and. He played three years, and I don't think he ever started a game. I don't think he did either. <laughs> I don't think he did either because when he came in, I was like, okay, you know, SEC, long brother, but it just didn't pan out, man. And, you know, that just goes to show you, man, during the draft day, the combines and all that, at the end of the day, we always talk about that, man. It's can you play football? That's it. You know, can you get between the lines and go out there and perform? And, at that point, you know, I don't think that he really wanted any static, man. And at the end of the day, you know, just like guys like yourself, I mean, nobody cared about, bro, I never noticed that you were small because I always heard you. I always <laughs> saw you. You were always the center of attention. So I never looked at you as being small, man. I just saw, there go Matt again. I'm Mark again. Mark, stay in somebody's face. Yeah. I'm like, Mac, 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 Mac. Mac, Mac, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> we had to, man. It, it was just that mentality. I, 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 you know, I know, you know, playing in that organization, playing in the city of Philadelphia, you're still there doing, you know, doing the Eagles. And, you know, I follow you closely, man. You do a, a tremendous job breaking down uh, the film, uh, the pregame, the postgame show. You do a really good job. And, you know, there's some guys in the business that I really, I'm like, what is he talking about? But you played the game and you've been in the trenches. You won a Super Bowl. So your credibility goes up even higher. You know, I wish we could have won one in Philadelphia. I know, we should uh, have too. But, but we didn't. I know uh, last time uh, I saw you in Philadelphia, you had a really good story. If you can share what is just a snippet of it about, uh, I forgot who gave you those shoes. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, yeah. When you were young, it, that was real. I didn't know that about you. 
Yeah, Vodsik and Hema. See, I didn't like football growing up, man. Football was hard. My mother made me play. That's the only reason I played. So long story long, my uncle used to always take me by um, the, the Cardinals. At the time, it was the um, St. Louis Cardinals uh, football organization. They used to always take me by there and see if we can get tickets from the guys walking in because if they didn't have families there, they would give us the tickets and they would go in. Well, I never wanted a ticket, so I never wanted to go in. But my uncles, they always did. So, I mean, I'm sitting there and Vi sees me and it's Vi's rookie year. Vi looks at me and said, hey, man. How come you never won any tickets? I said, man, I don't really like football. He said, I can tell that. And he said, then he looked down at my sneakers, and I had holes in my sneakers. You know what I mean? Right across the top, I had to cut the top of them because my, my, actually my feet were too big, man. So I had to cut, cut the top. And I wasn't going to ask my mom for money to buy shoes. You know, that just, you know, we had enough, you know, trying to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. So he said, you know what? You go with me. So he brought me down um, in the stadium through the locker room. And he didn't know what he did, man. He actually opened my life up to something that I had never seen before. I mean, success that I even thought about or even dreamed about being in. So I'm in that stadium. I'm hearing people crowd, you know, the crowd roaring. And, and when the game even started, yeah, we're going in as the players are going in. And I go into the locker room. I see how people are treating them and seeing, you know, all these guys in there, these rich guys in this locker room. And, uh, you know, he would, took me over his locker. Well, he, you know, he had small feet. He only wore like a yeah, size yeah. 10. So he took me over to Stump Mitchell's locker. And, you know, Stump wore a size 12, and I wore a size 12. I was 12 years old, and I wore a size 12. So he gave me them shoes, man. He gave me a pair of rules, you know, rules at the time, you know. The, kangaroos? The big thing. Yeah, kangaroos, man. So he gave me like two or three pair of kangaroos, man, and I, I played in them. I wore them every day, man, because, I mean, the shoes that fit me. And from that point on, he planted the seed. I can't just – Whatever I do, I'm gonna do it to the best of my ability. Right. And you know, at the end of the day, so well, I, we we projected. You know, I I go through high school football, and you know, so I become a dominant football player, and you know, go to college and become a dominant college player. So they draft me. So they bring all the draft picks up. Was it's Mamula first? He's up on there first, and then me and Bobby T got drafted in the second round. Me and Bobby yeah. Taylor, he was up there. So me and him are sitting there waiting, and while Mamula's up there talking, and I'm sitting, I turn around, I look, I said. Mr. Sikahema, Mr. Sikahema, it's me, Mr. Sikahema, you remember me? He's looking at me like, he's like, you remember me? He's like, uh, yeah, um, Kansas State wild, wild, Wildcats uh, from St. Louis. Um, yeah, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Sheet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he turned around, he said, yeah, I said, right, yeah, yeah, it's me, it's me. I said, hey, look, man, I can f- afford my own shoes now. <laughs> he said, BB? I'm like, yeah, it's me. Uh, BB? Well, you need a B. You mean BB? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it's me. Me. The rules? I'm like, yeah, that's me, bro. It's me. So ever since then, we just wow. kept in contact. We kept, you know, the stories kept. He went to NBC. I was in, I'm with NBC. Yeah. Uh, he became a broadcaster. I became a broadcaster. So me and him just, you know, I just I just stayed in his hip pocket, you know, whenever I could. Yeah, that's like that's a great story, man. I didn't I didn't know that about <laughs> uh, you know, Vi and you know, if people know Vi sick of him, man, he's that kind of guy. Oh, he give you, he'll give you his heart, man. He yeah, man, I, I love Vi to death, man. We always used to joke and, you know, being a rookie and, and, and playing just special teams and blocking for him, it, oh, it, was, it was great because just growing up watching him, you know, Vi was a really good punt returner. I don't think a lot of people really give him credit to this day. Everybody talks right. about Joe Gray, uh, you know, back in those days. But Vi sick of him was a – he was a Pro Bowl punt returner. And, no question. You know, being in Philadelphia – and being able to block for him, man, I, I used to get beat up, bloody, just to block for him so he can have success because I know after he gets a, a, a good play or something, he always shakes everybody's hands. And, and if he didn't score, he's like, man, just stay with it. I'm going to bust one. And, and sooner or later, he's going to bust one. It's like, man, that's, that's a guy you want to go to war with. 
No question, man. That's why I, I love playing with him, man. Loved it. You got to get Vi on the show, man. If we get Vi on the show, he's he's a ton of laughs. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he's a ton of laughs, man. He's always going to joke. Uh, but like like you said, man, he will give you the shoes off his feet. Yes, yes, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> or find somebody with some shoes he can fit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mark McMillan's here with us on ESPN Las Vegas. Barrett Brooks is our guest, former uh, Eagle and Steeler, and uh, several other teams, and now he's working for NBC Sports in Philly. Let's bounce around to uh, some NFL topics going down right now. I've gotten all different opinions from former NFL players on Tim Tebow. So what do you think, Barrett? What do you think of Tebow trying to come back to the NFL with a position switch? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm all Tebowed out. You know, I mean, he's been <laughs> blessed to have a long career, and, and that's cool, but at this point, I think he's like, what, 33 years old, 34? And that's a, that's a roster spot. He's not giving a young man an opportunity to go out there and play. Um, you know, I mean, if he should have did this a long time ago. I mean, he's played baseball. He wanted that. I mean, I understand that. But still, you know, you got to know when to say when. And it's a young man's game. Father time will always win. And it's time for these younger guys, you know, to give give somebody else an opportunity to go out there and, and, and have their dream. You know, you're living your dream already. You've had your dream already. Let somebody else go in there. At this point, I can't see him from being a tight end going in and being, I mean, from being a quarterback going in and being a tight end now. I mean, you have to block. You have to get hit. You know, you eventually have to hit somebody. And, you know, he may be a tough guy, but it's totally different when you got shoulder pads on that that really fit you. And, you know what I'm saying, and you're going to get hit, hit on every play. So I don't know if he's necessarily ready for that type of physicality. So we'll see. But, uh, you know, I wish he would just, you know, just – Put the shoe, put his lace his shoes up, put them up, and uh, let a young guy come in and try to you know make their dreams come true. I, I, I echo that, and you know it's it's he's been out of football for a long time. I can't right. imagine being out what almost ten years and then going to play a physical game, and it's just another uh, black cloud. I would think of Urban Meyer. You know, earlier, uh, you know, he hired the uh, strength and conditioning coach. From Iowa. everybody knew what you know all that transpired. And now you bring in Tebow. No one's even talking about Trevor Lawrence anymore. He's yep. the guy. You know, you're, you're taking away from a, a young guy who's probably fragile because it's the NFL. You know, and, and I will see if you bring him back, bring him back as a consultant. Bring him hey. back as a coach to be able to help the young man out. Not at all. Be a distraction, you know, to the program because no one's talking about the Jaguars besides Tebow. Now, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. Tebow is like the main guy. It's like, what happened to Trevor Lawrence? You know, whatever to the uh, other draft picks. This is a franchise that's been in disarray for a long time. And, you know, if I'm the guys in the locker room, you know, I know a lot of guys got different opinions. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people talk about the Kaepernick stuff. But at the at the end of the day, can he play football in the National Football League as a tight end? Come on, man. It's a whole different ball game. And, you know, I know everybody's on, on board because he's a good guy. He's religious and all that. But. God ain't gonna help you block that that DN coming off that coming off that corner at you because God's gonna be going at him in nope. preseason and in practice. Guys are gonna nope. be going at him and they're they're gonna see how tough he really is. And of course, no question. Yep. You know, he's he's a strong guy. He's physical, but you can't just get. You can maybe do this in basketball or golf, but football is a physical, demanding sport that you're gonna get hit on every play playing tight end. It's mm-hmm. almost like you playing uh, offensive lineman. You there's contact on every single play, and if I'm a guy, a young guy, you know, I'm making a name off of Tebow. I'm going right. <laughs> Yeah, we understand Duval and everything, but they don't care <laughs> nothing about Duval and you being from Florida. They can care less. They're going to try yeah. to tattoo that man, and yeah, you know, I I, I just wish he would just go ahead and hang him up, man. He's made enough money, man. Just He's got all the money in the world. Yeah. 
Right, he's right. As a coach, you and know, he still the, brings that yeah. or something. You know, what I'm saying? exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Barrett Brooks is with us. The spot is brought to you by Weed Sellers. No cannabis, no CBD. C-E-L-L-A-R-S. Weed Sellers, the best in uh, bourbon, wine, and beer. All right, this is for both of you guys. First for Barrett. So this time next year, is Jalen Hurts the quarterback for the Eagles? Is a new face out of the 2022 draft the quarterback? Or is it Rodgers, Wilson, or Watson for the Eagles? You know, see, that's that's a difficult question because at this point, I don't even know what this coaching staff is going to run, their system. Yeah. I don't know what type of, you know, what, what, what they're going to bring in as far as athletes, period. But, I mean, if you look at everything um, that, that you know, this kid's about, Hurts is about making it happen. He's about going about his business. He's not worried about what everybody's thinking. He's not worried about North Carolina's quarterback, uh, you know, coming out in the draft next year. All he's worried about is being the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback. And that's all he should be worried about. I mean, he's, he's got to go out and he's got to fight off a veteran quarterback right now that has some success, won a Super Bowl. So he's doing what it takes to be a franchise quarterback. He's in the community. He's out right now throwing with the guys on the team. You know, he's got his receivers, his tight ends, his running backs out, working out with him. He's doing everything possible and crossing all the T's and dotting out. He's taking care of, of, of the things that he can take care of, the intangibles. That's being in shape, knowing the playbook, Making sure those guys are out there with him, they find it. They're, they're building a cohesive unit uh, as far as you know throwing a ball. He's doing everything possible to do whatever he can do to be the franchise quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think he has enough talent to do it. I mean, at this point, I think he's maybe. I, I you know you look in the division. Of course, you got to go with Dak being number one. Yeah, but then you got to go with you know Fitz Magic, Fitz Magic, and, and and him are on the same level because you got the youth. Of, of, of Hurts, but you get that veteran leadership of Fist Magic, you know, and, you know, then it goes Daniel. Um, so I like what he can bring to the table. He's doing everything he can do. Take care of the tangibles. Let the chips fall where they may. And I really think that Hurts is going to be on top and show them that he's a lot more than what they're giving him credit for. Okay, guys, sit tight. Barrett Brooks, former Eagle and Steeler, is with us along with our buddy Mark McMillan. The spot's brought to you by Weed Sellers, C-E-L-L-A-R-S.com, WeedSellers.com. On the way back, Barrett played offensive tackle in the NFL, so we're going to lean on his experience to judge what the Raiders did in the first round of the draft with Alex Leatherwood. Weed Sellers brings you the Mark McMillan Show on ESPN Las Vegas. For the best in wine, bourbon, and beer, visit WeedSellers.com. That's Weed, C-E-L-L-A-R-S.com.